0: do uh, with um, your financial donations. So cityharborchurch.com slash give is where you can get started, and there's an app you can install to manage it if you want, but we do also have a box over here. But you'll see on the screen, um, just a little bit, I want to show you a couple of pictures. Uh, What's been happening these past two years is a very gradual transition to help each child for the sake of their long-term benefit now transition um, back with their parents or closest relatives who are now with, uh, despite the news recently with these particular families, now actually able to provide homes and medical care and education. So the the primary facility, you'll see in a couple of these pictures, is still up and operational and they do still, now what they're doing is providing um, all of those services wherever it's needed, but also helping train, equip, and support the parents and other family members to ensure the children's safety, education, and medical care. And you see the word ANSAM there on the screen, that's um, kind of their new branding around this particular family support. So over the past year, uh, that we're just kind of closing out a fiscal budget and our financial team and elders, you know, I want you to know that we've given eighteen hundred dollars over the past year towards this effort um, over the past year, and that's a part of our give fund, and it, it's been something that we love to support. Uh, but they also keep an online store where they hand make different things: a uh, tableware, a trivet, a, a jewelry, a purse. A, um, earrings um, and, and uh, wristbands, different kinds of things. And so if you wanna do just any in your, your gift giving over the course of the year, a birthday, anniversary, whatever it is that you wanna do, uh, the website that you see there, wingsofrefugehaiti.com slash Marketplace, is where you can go to purchase some of those items, mostly made by hand by the children, uh, but they're actually really cool. My family and I have, have purchased another number of items there and we want to make sure that you are aware of that. It's just kind of something added that you can do to support them. It's people that are a part of our network church. We've had a number, uh, we have a number of network churches and, and believers that are down there, have been down there. Uh, most are native from Haiti uh, that have been involved for a long time. Um, also, uh, today I want to make a new announcement, something we've been working on for months, been in dialogue with our financial stewardship team uh, for months. Um, You'll see on the screen, um, you may or may not be aware, but with the current events that have been happening in Afghanistan, a number of people have fled Afghanistan, and a number of them have actually moved to Baltimore, and in fact, um, just um, it's less than 12 months for sure, more than 60 families moved from Afghanistan into, and, and this was in coordination with, there were some funds from the US federal government and then a number of other nonprofits. And the, we'll have more details available. Uh, I want to focus on a central point around this for the purpose of today. But more than 60 families were initially moved into hotels around BWI, uh, around the airport. And then since that time, uh, there's been a coordination of nonprofits, some government agencies, and local churches that have helped these families move from the hotels into homes, uh, row homes, apartments, condos, things of that nature. And interestingly enough, most of those families ended up settling around Reservoir Hill, right where uh, Justin and Becky still own a home, where uh, Daniel um, is, is there, right there in Reservoir Hill. And so, uh, what started as um, the organization that really took the lead and the most effort in coordinating other organizations was Love, and Arundel County. Um, but progressively, as more and more of these families moved into the Reservoir Hill neighborhood, not far from here, they started to say, hey, we really should reach out to local churches and see if we can coordinate this effort. And so there's opportunity to give funds but also there's an opportunity should we as a church want to do it, and we're not making any decision, but we could sponsor a particular family, and that could be anything from helping people find the grocery store, um, helping them with just get to, get used to what it is to live in the country. Now that we're several months into it, you know, the, their families have other families that have also moved from Afghanistan. So, And there's, like I said, there's a number of organizations working towards it. So this is a new opportunity, something I've been dialoguing with some of you about for a number of uh, months. And it's actually also something that our friends with whom we coordinated over the worst of the, the COVID financial times to distribute 1.4 million pounds of groceries. And as we see, saw that need start to subside, we started to look for other areas that we can serve. And so over the past year, we now have uh, $3,000 of our give fund that has been uh, saved up that we are ready to give towards this effort. And what they. Estimate is that each family and their initial transition in funds in addition to what has already been pooled uh, It takes about seventy five hundred dollars to get that family started and so we are ready to give 3,000 toward that fund and the beauty of it is is that it's all done with volunteers so every penny goes to the family's needs None of it goes to us, none of it goes to any of the other organizations, none of it goes to the government, every penny goes to the family in need, and these are people that we've trusted, and as I said before, we've worked together in a number of other ways. So today, we're ready to uh, make this uh, deposit from the funds that you have already donated over this past year, and again, it's something we've dialogued with the elders, financial stewardship team of our church about, and something that we feel really good about. Now, they've also coordinating... Uh, if you would like to donate furniture or other things, or you would like to uh, volunteer your time. So in the coming uh, week, I'm going to do my best to streamline an email with only the information that you really need about this, Uh, but it's something that we are really excited. It doesn't take away from our other charitable things that we do here in Baltimore City, uh, but it's something that uh, really can make a difference. What do you guys think? Feel good about that? Great opportunity, we choose courageous generosity, that means we believe that God's already given us His best in Jesus Christ and His love, and so we can choose to live on less of our own time, energy, and money, so that we can be generous to others, even when that takes courage. I appreciate you all so much, I'm so very glad to be a part of this church. Uh, Last Sunday, I gave um, a handout... Um, out with uh, just some extra verses, and if you raise your hand, we'll be glad to give you one of those. Make sure that you have one if you had to miss last week and you were traveling. Uh, last week, um, got a couple of hands there. We talked about the reality, the truth that God loves you, and we just recommended spending some time with these verses that went way beyond what we shared in the service last Sunday. To taste and see, to, to take in this reality that God loves you. And I put out in the a weekly email newsletter uh, this week that we'd have an opportunity. And so I'm wondering if any of you spent some time this week, like we re- recommended last Sunday, with these verses, I'd be curious to give you a chance right now to share what that was like for you and, and how it impacted you. Would anyone like to uh, volunteer? Okay. All right. That's good. Anyone? Okay. So, we come together this morning trying to take next steps in following Jesus. Trying to deepen our faith by being honest about our doubts and our questions. But the reality is, is that the basis for all of this is that God loves you. It's an essential truth. It's like you take the chocolate chips out of a chocolate chip cookie, it's no longer a chocolate chip cookie. Following Jesus, identifying as a Christian... If we're going to use that word, which was really a word of slander against the early Christians. It was a bad nickname. Following Jesus, identifying with faith, starts with God loves you. That's where it starts. And it can be easy for us to, yeah, I get it. I've heard it. I believe it. We check that box and move on. I don't need today's message. Pastor Ben, you're too simple. <laughs> All right. Well, since you're here, won't take too long, but let me, let me just let's go into a, a few more scriptures. God loves you and what we want to look at today is our response and that is love God. But there's supposed to be love in the thing. There's supposed to be love in the relationship. Check this, a Eugene Peterson paraphrase of 1 John chapter 4 verse 16. We know it so well. We've embraced it heart and soul, this love that comes from God. That's what we talked about last week. If you had to miss it, I, please go back and listen to that message. Look at those notes. Have you embraced it heart and soul, this love that comes to you from God? First John chapter 1, verse 19, again, Eugene Peterson's words here. We are going to love. Love and be loved. Now we love. First, sorry, first we were loved. Now we love. He loved us first. In all the translations, you get that simple phrase. God loved us first. (laughs) You were born into this thing. You don't get a chance to love God before He loved you. He already loved you. God loves you. And I encourage you, give some time and energy to soak that in, the reality of it, what it means to you. It starts there. And it's in the New Testament, the agape love word that we see is this idea of sincere, high value on, high regard for, faithful, patient, kind love. Gracious love. Selfless love. Last Sunday, I introduced our new family pet, our dog, Jaeger, a two-year-old German Shepherd rescue. And there's a word for worship in the Scripture. We actually get a word picture in the original language in the Old Testament and it's echoed in the New Testament of placing one's head under the hand of of a person that you're worshiping. One thing that my wife really likes about a family dog is when they come and, and place their head next to you. Our last dog would place her head right behind Rebecca's knee. You know, This dog's at the right height. She just comes at her head. Right? But it's a gentle, it's a coming in. There's an adoration. There's a recognition of you smell like food. I mean, you provide for my needs. think about the unconditional love of a a good pet and a a dog. It kind of helps us distinguish between the bad stuff that gets mixed up in love between humans. Let's, Let's turn to Jesus' words here. Somebody comes at Jesus really asking, what do I have to do to get to heaven? Here's what the question was. Teacher... Which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? Now, this person was from a particular group of religious people who believed that if you did these certain actions, you were guaranteed a place in relationship in heaven, regardless of your relationship with God. If you did these actions, you were guaranteed a spot. And he was from a group that believed that. He's trying to find out if Jesus believes of his point of view. Kind of like us trying to find out if Jesus is Republican or Democrat. It's similar. It was controversial. It was similar. He says, Jesus, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's what he's referring to, the first five books of the Bible. Here's Jesus' reply. What's the most important thing God said to us? Here's what Jesus said. Quoting Deuteronomy 6, what God said to the people. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Whoa. I mean I mean if we're honest that's kind of heavy all your intellect all your passion all your heart love the God who first loved you said that Jesus continues the first and great this is the first and greatest commandment a second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments Jesus flips the script it's about love. There needs to be love in the relationships. And the foundation starts with God loves you. Love God. And I'm so very thankful that Jesus Christ, who was put to death on a cross, taking our sins on himself so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be made clean, so that we don't need to live in shame, so we can just confess here's where I've been wrong. I believe in you, Jesus. Forgive me, take away that guilt, that shame, so we can relate to God through grace. Jesus paid the price for grace. I'm so thankful that God showed us love through Jesus and that on the third day, God raised Him back to life, His body, back to life in a miracle from the grave, proving that He accepted the payment of Christ for our sins. And I'm so thankful that this same God, since this time, for centuries now, has had Jesus at His right hand, praying for us. That's what the Bible says. That's where Jesus is. That's what's up. Jesus is talking to God about what human life is like. Jesus set aside His place in heaven His deistic characteristics came down to earth to live a fully human life, tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin. And now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. God who calls for a loving response is not ignorant about what human life is like. So in our world, a lot of people want to it tells someone else how to feel. I hear white people telling black people how they should feel about stuff, and vice versa, and politically. But they don't know what the other person's going through. And personally, I don't think those big classifications are very helpful. Because in my experience, people in any group you want to put them in have not had the same experiences as other people in their group don't care about don't always think the same way don't always it's just not helpful to group people like that am i making any sense i'm not trying to get too far off topic what i'm trying to explain to us is that if we're not careful we can prejudice our relationship by, with god by treating god like as a human Or treating God like He's ignorant about our life. Whether you believe in God or not, whether you talk to God or not, God is aware. More aware. The psalmist writes that God knows the number of hairs on my head. Or lack of them. The way the number declines. God knows what I've been through. God was there. God is aware. And... Jesus said he would, He'd be praying for us. John 17, He prayed for all of us who would exist in the future. God's not ignorant of what our life is like. So God has already loved us and He continues to be informed by what our life is like, our strengths, our weaknesses, our pressures, our difficulties. It's not an ignorant entrance into the relationship. I find that most of my discussions with my wife, end up being informed by my ignorance. I don't know everything she's thinking. I mean, outside of conversations with a specific purpose or a function with a microphone, my wife is not verbose. And you got to ask questions and be patient to listen and observe to, to learn what she's like. And I find that oftentimes when we end up in a discussion, there's some point that I'm ignorant on. And that it's better if I come in with a learning approach to love. You know that you can express love in a conversation with another human? The first time acquaintance, a neighbor that you don't care for, or someone you've liked a long time, any kind of human relationship, you can express love in the relationship even without saying the word love. Jesus, in His conversation with God right now, is expressing love for you. God, in His conversation with Jesus, is expressing love for you. The Holy Spirit, who God sent at Jesus' request to be with us all the time, to live in us believers, to be with us, to be our guide in truth, God the Holy Spirit, if we will listen, is expressing love to us. God loves you. Is this helping? So when Jesus says, yo, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, it's not coming from a place of religious duty or shame. And Jesus uses the agape love word which is compassionate, merciful, faithful, forgiving, patient, and kind. That's the word Jesus uses to describe how we should love God. Now, I don't know about you, but when I pause long enough to really give this some space, I might feel guilty. Have I been giving God my best love? So let's just pause and pray right now. Because... Helpful guilt can just motivate you to confess it, receive forgiveness, and make a positive change. But God does not want you to live in shame. God doesn't want a cloud hanging over your relationship with Him. God didn't send Jesus to do all we just described so that your relationship with Him would be built on that. No, it's supposed to be built on a bridge of grace. So just right now, wherever you're at, you need a private moment. When I say... Are you giving God the best of your love? If you feel anything negative, we talked about this two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, really important message about this. If you're feeling anything negative, let's just confess it right now. Come on. You're not here to listen to me lecture. You're here to deepen your walk with God. So just, let's just have a relational moment with God right now. Whatever it is, I'm going to pray. And as I pray for you, whatever it is, just confess it. Ask for God's forgiveness, make a fresh commitment to make a change, and then let it go, because God is. Lord, we come before you right now, and as humans, we confess, we make mistakes. We have something in our hearts at times where we miss the mark. There are times where we miss the mark, where we we don't love you with the best of our energy. We make mistakes. Lona, we we right now we just say what it is that's wrong on the inside of us where we're not loving you with the best of what we've got. We confess where it's wrong. We ask for your forgiveness. Would you cleanse us, wash us clean of it, and our guilt from it? And because of Jesus, cover us with your grace. This morning we make a fresh commitment. We're gonna live different. We're gonna love you out of a heart of gratitude. We're going to love you with the best that we've got. We're going to worship you in the way that you're worthy. Lord, we don't want our relationship to be affected by this. We want to love you with the best that we've got. All of our passion, all of our intellect, all that we have to offer. Forgive us, cleanse us, release us. Holy Spirit, guide us forward, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give us some practical to-do suggestions, and then I have a closing thought after that. Because I want this to be helpful. It's passionate, but I also want it to be helpful. So what should we do in response to this? Because if we're, if we're not careful, we'll just go back to living in shame and with a dark cloud. So here's what I recommend. On the screen, what should we do? Number one, Prep. For daily relationship time with God, you got to put some thought into this. If I'm going to love God with all my intellect, you got to put some thought into this. What can I change? Do I need to go to bed earlier, wake up earlier, vice versa? Do what? Do I need to switch from a digital devotional method that other notifications come into to, to pen and paper? What do I need to do to eliminate distractions? to choose a time and place so that I could have a shot at actually loving God with the best of my energy. And that requires preparation. That requires some thought. So eliminate distractions. Think about when and how you're going to do that. I talked two weeks ago about relationship time with God. Are you giving time to just be in relationship with Him? Now clearly Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer which includes asking for forgiveness and includes asking God to meet our needs. But aside from that prayer, am I connecting relationally with God? Am I giving an opportunity where the best of my energy can be given in that moment? And that requires some preparation. It's practical. Don't let guilt shame, shame like, get back into this. Just take positive steps, Right? Number two, uh, so that's eliminate distractions. Now, number two, what I have found, many of you have heard me describe this, what I've found to be really helpful at the beginning of the relational time is to thank God for salvation. If you're a Jesus follower, that means through Jesus, God has forgiven you of your sin. And what the Bible says is that means He's given you a new heart, new birth, new spiritual heart, and the hope of heaven in front of you. Right? So what I find to be really helpful at the beginning, in Philippians 4 gives us a good template for this, at the beginning of my relational time with God is to thank God for my salvation. Really helpful. Number three, what I've been reading about in Psalm 119 in meditation and reflection for that preparation of that conversation with God is to think about who God is and what God has done. Think about who God is and what God has done. It really helps. I remember the last, um, in Portland, the last office job I had with had a pretty long commute. And one thing that was good about that is that it helped me before I walked in the door to greet my wife and children to think about who they are. It's helpful in a relationship to think about who they are before you talk to them. (laughs) So in our walk with God, think about who God is and what God has done, okay? Number four, write what is true. If you've come to believe, and particularly Scripture, it's really helpful that God gave us some, this is what's real, this is absolute truth, this is what's real about God, this is what you can rely on. As those things become real to you, write down what you believe to be true. Who God is, what God has done, what that means to you. The verses we looked at last week about how God loves you. Write what is true. And regardless of how long you've been serving God, this exercise can be helpful to you. Because God's faithful and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his tender mercies are new every morning. Every day there's something new. And if we go deeper in our understanding of the truth, think about the last two weeks, we looked at Ephesians chapter three, talking about our roots going down into the love of God, then I can, there's more truth I can write down. It helps me get it into my system. It will also help me identify if I have doubts or questions, which are not the enemy of faith, but help the faith journey so that we can grow deeper in faith as we grow deeper in faith, it helps the love relationship. The love word is wrapped up in the fruit of the Spirit, the result of when my life is being led by the Spirit of God. It's a loving relationship between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're getting invited into. And by the way, not an insecure relationship between them. A secure relationship between them. We get an invitation into that. But what's going to help us press insecurity out in a love relationship with God is writing some stuff down. Number five, listen. This context that I'm describing, which includes the Scripture, which includes absolute truth, is helped by listening to God. Jesus said the Father would send the Holy Spirit to guide us in truth, and so we should be listening. And the more I'm learning about God, the easier it becomes to recognize the voice of God. And the reality is is that if my relationship with my wife was such that I was the only one who did the talking, not a great relationship. Right? If in my relationship with God, I'm the only one who's talking, it's not going to deepen, grow stronger, be profoundly transformative to me. Now, Jesus often talked about mercy and truth, spirit and word, together. He talked about those things together. So the Scripture and listening to the Spirit, we might lean towards one or the other, but we need them both. If all I do is think about God in my imagination, listen to God in my imagination, I might create a God from my imagination. I do need the Scripture. I do need some help to make sure it's not all in my imagination. But we've got to be listening to God if we're going to love God in the same way it's true with anybody else. Okay? Number six, share the journey and ask questions. All of the New Testament, and I would argue all of the Old Testament, Our instructions, our guidance, are not for a solo relationship with God, but community relationship with God. Following Jesus, the discipleship Word, all these are the things. All of Ephesians is in the grammar of all y'all. It's clear, if I pay attention to the vocabulary, the context, what's said in the Scripture, that we are supposed to be doing this together. It's not about you hearing from me about my relationship with God. It's about us journeying together to learn together collaboratively. And so even the phrase speak the truth in love is not a Christian airing of grievances. It's not Festivus. Speak the truth in love is talking about the positive truth. That's the Logos word. Jesus is the Logos, the living word. It's let's, Hey, let's talk in love with what we're learning about the truth. All the Scripture promotes let's follow Jesus together. Let's learn together. So, as you're on this journey, in this room, in our collective, find people that you can talk with about your journey and ask questions. Share what you're learning and ask questions. Okay. My last practical point this morning, if it's not working, ask for help. Sometimes we suffer needlessly, stress and other things in life, because our love relationship with God is not deepening. There's not a new excitement about it if we're being honest. And sometimes it's because we avoid being honest when it's not working. And so when it's not working, we need to be honest about it. Honest with ourselves. Honest with God. Honest with somebody else who's helpful. And ask for help. Now clearly, we have Scripture that shows us We can ask God for help. Who's more motivated for you to receive the love of God and be in this love relationship with God than God? God wants to help. God wants to help. And you see someone else who's in this walk of faith that is really deepening in their love relationship with God. If it's not working, ask for help. So there's some practical to do now. I want to close with a thought about spiritual growth in this love relationship. Spiritual growth is a benefit. It's a benefit of making a loving relationship with God the center of your life. Spiritual growth is the benefit of making a loving relationship with God, the center of your life. And let me just describe this a little bit further. There's tons of Scripture that backs this up. We might start in our early walk with God with this kind of statement might honestly describe us. I know about God's agape love, but a mixture of selfish eros love rules me. It's it's really the guiding force in my life. Just kind of like... You know, I leave a garden hose out in the sunlight. When you first turn it on, you only have to learn once. You don't put it to your mouth right away. Because what's going to come out is that lukewarm water. There's mixture. And in the beginning of our walk with God, we're made clean, we're made pure before God in salvation. But we're still kind of in the what's called the sanctification process, the spiritual growth process. I know about God's agape love. I receive it. It consumes me. It's how God views me now. But we may have moments or times where toxic selfishness kind of love still governs my decisions. But what happens is if I really start to make a loving relationship with God central to my life, here's the transition that occurs. We can start to say this. As I receive God's love and then set my love on God, agape love shapes me. Think about that analogy of the potter with the clay at the wheel. God's agape, God's purity, God's pure love Never going to give up on you love. Love that's not boastful or toxic or selfish. God's sacrificial love. His faithful, patient, kind love for you. As I receive God's love and then set my love on God, agape love shapes me. And then toxicness, selfishness, is pressed out from the center of me. Perfect love casts out fear. Stress, anxiety, and doubt oftentimes has mixed up in it a fear that something I care about a great deal is not going to go well. And two weeks ago, we talked about what it means to identify where there's something not healthy in my relationship with God. How do I bring that out into the open so that it can be healed. God loves you. And He wants that pure, strong, faithful, patient, kind, gracious, compassionate love to be central in who you are. And a new motive. First Corinthians 13, 4-7 That agape love becomes a motive for everything else in your life. Listen, folks. This is possible. Believe it or not, I used to be a lot more selfish than I am today. (laughs) This transformation, this spiritual growth is possible. If I take time to receive love from God and in a response set my love on God, it's possible. Will you allow me to close in prayer today? Thank you for hanging in there with me today. God, We thank you so much that you first loved us and that the miracle power with which you raised Jesus from the dead is also available to shape us with your love, to help your love become the middle, the center, the most valuable part of our life. Lord, we need your help Would you please help us? Would you please shape us with your love? Help us even in loving you more than anything else in this world. Let today, let this week, be shaped with love. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. For being part of such a wonderful church family. We love you so much. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.